trying to tell you about a somebody and uh, gets me choked up because I am not worthy of the calling that uh, Christ has given me. But I uh, hope everybody's had a good day today and got your nap in and uh, or at least got out and enjoyed the day. For me, I've got a nap in. <laughs> I tell you, I won't go with a worst headache in the world and uh, of course I'll let her sleep in <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> she'll kill me later she's in the other room so she'll kill me later for saying that now I will go to bed headache tuck some medicine I tell you uh, I guess right at sleep real good when my head was hurting me so bad I was about fell asleep driving to the church I don't live that far I tell you what all I do is keep my eyes open and uh, as soon as I got home ate a bite I, I crashed I tell you I could not uh, Sleep, uh, could not only keep my eyes open, but um, uh, but anyway, uh, if you have any uh, prayer concerns, please put those in the comments section here. If you're on social media, uh, if you're on the website, I'm sorry I don't have a way to uh, communicate with you on it. But, uh, but if you're on social media, I can if you want to put that on there. And unfortunately, I I've been doing good the last couple of Sundays of getting the uh, uh, what do you uh, the, pr the prayer request sheet. I got here in a second. Prayer request sheet. And uh, today ran right off and forgot it. So I apologize and uh, uh, that uh, for my for my uh, lack of thinking there. So, but um, if you want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to look this evening at First uh, Corinthians nine sixteen. So let me get this up here so you can read along if you so desire. 1 Corinthians 9, 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And as me old pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Now as far as prayer requests go, my mother-in-law, uh, Sharon Boyd, says pray for Mrs. Boyd and unspoken. Yes, uh, Hoppy's mother's and uh, nurse at home and uh, so be praying. I know this COVID thing is uh, really uh, hurting a lot of people in these nursing homes and so let's uh, be praying for protection for her and I know Brandy's worried about her so definitely be praying for that situation and uh, I'd like to say I'm sorry that uh, well I'll tell you what I've got this past uh, Sundays I don't think much has really changed hold on one second oh my I just unplugged my um, uh, it's not fun being fat. Hold on one second. Let me grab this, uh, from this past Sunday. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I don't think a whole lot's really changed. Uh, let's see here. Uh, pray for, um, Kim Penix, uh, Jane Kitchings, Verda Campbell, uh, Nancy and Larky, I know uh, Larky had said Nancy had everything, she's doing really well. Uh, Carolyn Morris, uh, Johnny and Nora, Chuck Richardson, Tracy Kent, Vicki Talaferro, Ralph and Linda, Wendy Lee, Glenn Johnson, P.T. Glover, P.T.'s mom, Ron and Thelma. They'll be praying for Thelma. Ron had sent a text out to everybody and, and she's, uh, she's needs your prayers right now. Uh, Terry Laws, we pray for my cousin Josh. He was having some uh, side, uh, left on his left side. I think it might be kidney stones. He's hurt real bad. He went to the uh, Franklin Woods, but he ended up going home. Got to feel a little better. Uh, Chris Wilson, and family, Mike Bradley, Joe Franklin, and Mr. Murph. So uh, we praying for Mr. Murph there. So there, they worked out anyway. I think I was 
good good chunk of what was uh, on the prayer list this morning anyway, so it worked out. Let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer. Oh, and pray for my dad. He was, uh, this morning, when uh, he was feeling pretty rough. Uh, stuff's really been bothering him real bad, and uh, so pray for him, uh, most definitely. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this uh, wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, I just want to uh, lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with uh, Mamaw Boyd and that you will uh, bring protection about her and that you will keep her from getting uh, this COVID, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and I pray that you be with Sharon's unspoken prayer request. Uh, Lord, if I lift up my dad to you, that you bring healing upon him and take away his pain and discomfort and bring him to full and complete health. I uh, pray to be with uh, Ron and Thelma Thompson, that you bring uh, healing upon her and, and healing on uh, Mr. Ron. And, uh, Lord, I pray to be with Kim Penix, Wendy Lee, and Mr. Murph, and uh, Lord, all the prayer requests and concerns that were uh, listed. And Lord, you know the hearts and minds of all those who are watching this evening. And Lord, that you know their concerns and that you will be done in each and every situation. And Lord, that uh, you lead us, guide us, and direct us in your word this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, um, as far as announcements goes, I can't really think of anything uh, specific. Uh, there's, uh, there's something I'm praying about uh, the church possibly doing, and uh, I'm not going to make sure of it just yet. I'm going to pray a little more on it and see where the Lord's going to lead me, but uh, I'll, maybe by uh, Wednesday I might be able to have something to uh, give a little more detail on uh, what I'm referring to. And uh, uh, But anyway, um, of course, you know I do my daily devotions each morning at 6.15 a.m. Well, those on social media are aware of that, but I only make mention because they're those on the website watching may not be aware that I uh, that it is it is live on the website as well uh, for those who don't know and uh, do those uh, unless I'm sick I uh, we try I try to do that every morning at 6:15 and give me a minute or two sometimes I run a little behind so give you know it may not be exactly 6:15 it might be 6:16 or 6:17 so give give me a few minutes and uh, uh, do it nine times out of ten I'm right at 6:15 mark but. If not, just give me a couple minutes or or do like, uh, praise God for Darlene Barker. I was doing the devotion, had the uh, website uh, up, and, and uh, uh, I do the Pledge of Allegiance each morning and uh, had, had everything going and was getting going on my devotion itself. And she said, send me a link. I was like, send her a link. I thought, oh, no, the website's not working. And looked, and I didn't hit the start stream button. So... <laughs> Here I was doing all this, and I didn't even start the uh, uh, the uh, live feed for the website. So, so there may be times where it's just pure stupidity <laughs> as to why you can't watch because I wasn't paying attention. I get in a hurry and uh, and then not pay attention to what I'm doing. So, and also don't forget um, uh, Lee Grable. Um, uh, her and her husband Jimmy Lee um, works at uh, the VA, and she sent me an email. And if you could, uh, if you could think to and can uh, try to send a get well or a letter of encouragement or a card of encouragement uh, to our veterans at the VA, uh, you know there's a, you know people can't come in because of the COVID, and they're pretty lonely. And that would really lift their spirits to hear from from you all. And you can send it to the volunteer station there. Uh, at the VA, and I can tell you uh, from personal experience, you know, I praise God for my wife and parents and church family who came and visited me when I was there at the VA and had my surgery. It, uh, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them, it had been it had been a tough, uh, tough recovery. I feel like. Uh, 
to not have them there with me. And uh, so imagine all these individuals who have do not have that luxury, and uh, they could really could really could hear a good uh, um, encouraging word. So uh, if you can think about doing that, that would be uh, I know they would really appreciate it. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, of course, we have you know Wednesday night online service only seven o'clock, and then. Uh, uh, Sunday morning service, uh, Dr. Vic Young from 11 to 12, so that's about all I could think of at this point in time in history. I know somebody come up to me after church and asked me if we still want to try to do the car and bike show, and unfortunately the answer was no. Uh, Dad and I discussed it, and uh, we're just this whole COVID thing right now, uh, East Tennessee is a, a hot spot uh, for whatever reason, which I, I think is because these uh, people are protesting, I think they just made them more of a mess what we had but um, uh, so right now that being a hot spot it's just I just don't think it's we just don't feel comfortable trying to do that right now and uh, for all good mentioned dad a lot of churches were shutting down I don't know I haven't heard that so uh, Lord willing we're going to try to stay open as long as we possibly can and uh, uh, on Sunday mornings at least and uh, like I say, when it's not quite as hot, it starts cooling down just a little bit. We'll do uh, Sunday night services outside, so just keep that in mind. Wednesdays, I can't really do that because it starts getting, it'll start getting darker sooner. And so, uh, but Sunday, when it starts uh, cooling off a little bit, Sunday evenings we'll do, uh, we'll do the outside stage up there. All right, if you have your Bibles handy, uh, we're going to look at Hebrews 11, uh, 23 through 27. So if you have your your Bible's handy. Uh, get those out. If you don't, for whatever reason, uh, Lord, you can uh, uh, read right along uh, with me here. I'll bring that up for your convenience. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. All right. Let's go ahead, if we may, have another quick word of prayer, then we'll dive into God's word here this evening. So let us pray. Now, Father, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity uh, to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, help us uh, to not study. Uh, Lord, let it uh, uh, be edifying to those who are listening, glorifying to you. Uh, Lord, let us learn from this and be able to apply it to our Christian life. And Lord, I just pray that your spirit will fill this room, fill the homes of each and every person watching this evening, and uh, Lord, just uh, just help us to use this to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, you know, there are a lot of choices people can make in this world, some bad, some good. You know, there's a lot of those who had uh, bad choices. Uh, you can look in, uh, was it the 1920s? Uh, where the Boston Red Sox had traded, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. And in that year, he hit more home runs. The whole Boston Red Sox did the whole season. <laughs> and that's the first time Yankees had won uh, since several years before that, first time they ever won the World Series. So you talk about a, a bad decision there. You have um, uh, 
um, oh gosh, uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel, uh, they were the creators of Superman, you know, I'm a big Superman fan, and uh, they sold the rights to Superman for a mere $130. <laughs> you can imagine, the very first issue of Superman is now worth uh, over a million dollars, and actually, you know, here we're going to be talking about Moses this evening, they based, see, they were of Jewish descent, they based their story of Superman on Moses, and uh, because uh, obviously they put Kal El in the in the little ship. In fact, the Superman movie, if you look, it almost looks like a little. Uh, the crystals almost look like a, a basket, if you will. But uh, uh, to save his life from a dying planet, well, of course, we'll get into this. How Moses' life was saved from those who wished to uh, to kill him, and uh, so well, that's actually for those who may not know. Then uh, you have. Um, Oh, goodness, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Phillips. Uh, Sam Phillips. He uh, sold uh, the contract, the RCA Victor contract, of a young man by the name of Elvis Presley. <laughs> so that, and of course, he goes on to sell billions of records, and uh, which is, you know, we're going to bring that up today, if you may not realize, uh, most of you probably do. But August 16th, 1977 is when Elvis Presley died. So, um, in fact, uh, Morgan King had on Facebook, uh, where were you when Elvis died? And I put on there, probably in my room playing and unaware because I was only five years old. So, <laughs> but uh, he, he thought that was funny. But I am, um, so, you know, there's a lot of bad choices. I know personally, I've made a lot of bad choices in my life. And uh, I have a lot of regrets. I really do. And, uh uh, when Lord's really touching my life, trying to, uh, you know, Lord's really dealing with me uh, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. I was wondering why I read that uh, passage uh, this evening, uh, and I've told this to you know, a couple of times. And uh, uh, but many years ago, before I made the choice to go into the ministry, I was I was out in the world doing a lot of things I wish I hadn't have done. And uh, as I told you before, I don't put a lot of stock in dreams. Never have I, um, you know. A lot of times what you dream is what you've uh, read or watched on television the first, uh, the last 15, 20 minutes before you go to sleep. So I don't usually put a lot of stock in dreams, but this, to me, was more of a, uh, looking back, uh, even more so, I think it's more Lord uh, really trying to open my eyes and revealing some things to me. To me, it was beyond a regular dream. I mean, I'm no prophet, and, and there's no need for prophets anymore because of God's Word, but... Uh, uh, but I had the most vivid dream uh, is that uh, my dad, a lot of preachers were rounded up and, uh, and put into jail uh, for their uh, convictions and trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I remember somehow I got to my dad and he, they had uh, beaten him terribly trying to get him to renounce. Trying to get him to renounce uh, the gospel and he refused to do it. And um, the uh, this is, and and I remember him handing me a piece of paper. He said, "You got to carry on where I leave off." And in that uh, piece of paper was a Bible verse, and um, it was that opening scripture that I read this evening of First Corinthians uh, nine sixteen. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, that uh, it's been on my mind a lot lately. I don't know why, uh, but it's really. Uh, Really been 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 on been been really uh, uh, just as real as I dreamed it yesterday. It really has, 
And uh, as a result, uh, Lord really changed my life. And uh, I, say, I wish I could say that uh, I no longer made bad choices after that, but um, I can't say that. <laughs> I still continue to make a lot of bad choices. But uh, this evening, uh, and, uh, and we may uh, circle back around uh, to what I'm talking about in regards to this dream here in just a little bit, and you'll, you'll understand as to why, uh, but I will. But uh, this evening, of course, we're going to talk about some uh, uh, good choices that were made. And uh, when, before Moses was born, all right, we can look at uh, God's Word of Fact. We can look at, um, uh, let's see, Exodus 2, 1 through 10 in particular, or, or 15 through 22. And, um, uh, and we see that, um, you know, before uh, the Egyptians, I mean, not the Egyptians, the Israelites, uh, you know, they more or less had it pretty good under, you know, because we don't remember we was talking about Joseph and, and uh, because of how the Lord used him, you know, you know, what, well, you know, he even said what uh, man meant for bad, God meant for good. And, we, you know, we talked about how uh, this past Wednesday evening, how that, you know, he, he was put in, uh, sold into slavery. He was put into prison. Potiphar's wife trying to come on to him. Uh, you know, the, the dreams that he was able to interpret, all these things saved uh, Egypt from famine uh, and, uh, you know, done great things. And so as a result, uh, the, uh, the Israelites really, they, they prospered and were doing well. But... Uh, they were getting too uh, too much of a, uh, a po you know, populated, if you will, and uh, the Pharaoh uh, got worried, and he was worried because of the numbers that they were going to uh, try to take over uh, Egypt. So they felt they had to control them, so they brought them under slavery. And one way to do population control uh, was really, in, in essence, if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty, uh, was kind of a uh, uh, post-abortion uh, uh, because he would take uh, he wanted to find the firstborn of every household and throw them into the Nile and drown them. And really, uh, if you look at the the evil uh, evilness of abortion uh, that we have today, as uh, really in essence, uh, you see it is a matter of convenience. It is a matter of, of a type of birth control, and it is actually a matter of population control. I mean, if you just want to get to the nitty-gritty of it all, uh, the human life is no more than that. And, uh, uh, you know, that's why we, we have to take a hard look. I don't care who's running for president uh, in which side of the, the aisle that you're on. If someone, I don't care if they're conservative-labeled or liberal-labeled, if they are for abortion, homosexuality, anything that is contrary to the Word of God, there's no way that we can support a candidate uh, that is like it. I'm sorry, I hit the computer here. Uh, but um, no way you can support somebody like that. But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, so in essence, they, uh, you know, obviously, if they uh, had a child, uh, they, uh, they would try to hide it. Well, you know, look at China, for example. Uh, you're only allowed one child per household. And if you don't, you have to have an abortion. So that's why you see, uh, sadly, a lot of um, uh, orphanages such with little girls because they value the boys over the girls. And so if they have another child, if it's a girl in particular, they will, they will abandon that child and uh, drop it off at uh, orphanages such. So And don't think that uh, we are above such things here in this United States. The way things are spiraling out of control uh, they may say, well, there's not enough resources. You're only allowed one child per household. That could very easily happen here. But uh, so anyway, uh, so the Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Now, there's, uh, uh, they say, uh, legend has it, that um, 
uh, at the time that uh, for Moses was born that uh, and, um, oh goodness sorry I thought uh, someone was messaging me here and it was uh, giving me a notification that my uh, video was partially muted because I played that Christian song at the beginning of, of, uh, of the live video this evening. But anyway, um, I'm trying to get back to what I was talking about. Oh, uh, before Moses was born, uh, legend has it that his parents and, and their names, you can look at Exodus 620, uh, was uh, Amram and Jochebed uh, was his parents' name. Uh, and so uh, the it's the Jewish legend, if you will, has it that um, that uh, uh, Amram uh, more or less separated for him from his wife for three years because that um, he didn't want her to have to suffer uh, to dealing with the loss of a child if it was found out. And so Miriam, who's the oldest of, uh, of course, there was Miriam, Aaron, and Moses, and was the oldest, went and more or less shamed him for his lack of faith. Uh, and uh, uh, and so he uh, he came back, and of course Moses was born. And they say that uh, that if a child cries, that another child, another baby, if it hears it, will start crying too. And so that the Egyptian women would take their babies and would would prick the child uh, to make it cry, uh, in the essence to see if uh, if another baby cries. So if, so if the Hebrews uh, were trying to uh, uh, the Jewish people rather was trying to hide uh, a, a baby then uh, uh, it would start crying if it heard that Egyptian baby crying. And that's how they would find a man. they go in and kill that child. I mean, that's really brutal. I mean, if you think about it, it is just a, a really brutal... Uh, what in the world am I hitting over here? Somehow I'm plugging my uh, monitor here. But uh, there it goes. Uh, so they would start, uh, start crying. Well, uh, they knew that uh, uh, Moses, you know, he's getting a little bit older. And they, they're having a hard time. I guess keeping him quiet. And when we read here, particularly in verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful. They were not afraid of the king's edict. So they might not have been afraid of the king's uh, decree, if you will, uh, that uh, they had faith in God that, they, he would, that God would protect Moses. But they had common sense, all right, to know and understand that, you know, you just don't go into the... Uh, uh, let's see, I was trying to think here. Um, uh, well, I had something written down here I was wanting to read here, but... Uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Something I was going to read in regards to that. Anyway, they had common sense to realize, you know, hey, you know, we uh, you know, if we have faith that God's going to protect him, but at the same time, we need to, you know, take some precautions uh, to make sure that uh, he's not found out. And, you know, to me, when I read that, it, it was worded a little bit differently. But it kind of made me think of this whole deal with this COVID thing. You know, uh, we know that God's going to, you know, we can pray and we know that God's going to protect us. So we understand that. But, you know, they can have the same attitude as, as some people do, as this uh, faith over fear kind of mentality. Well, they could have had that attitude. There's a good chance Moses could have been killed. But they had enough sense to know, hey, you know, we're not afraid. But at the same time, we got to take precautions. Well, kind of same thing with this whole mask war deal. We, we're not afraid, but at the same time, we have to take those precautions because we have to uh, do what is right and think about other people. And until something is contrary uh, to the Word of God, uh, we obey uh, the laws of, of the land and the government. And so, uh, I don't know, when I read that, it just kind of made me, made me think about that. And uh, uh, there's this one guy out there, this one preacher. I don't know if he's a preacher. I think he's a preacher. But anyway, he... 
this little opportunist. I, t I cannot, I can't remember his name, but he just, I cannot stand that guy to save my life. And uh, probably good, I can't remember his name, because there's some good people who share his videos. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I just, I tell you something about him, I just, he just bugs me. I don't know what it is about him, but he's all about uh, anti-mask wearing. But anyway, uh, so they make, like the little, you know, they take the tar and make the little basket, a little ark, if you will, and send him on down the river. And um, so, and when Pharaoh's daughter uh, found him, uh, in fact, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, let's see here, in case you may want to know for future reference, <laughs> it's, uh, um, was, uh, her name was uh, Bertha, Bertha, or better well known as uh, Thermalthus. So, in case you... Uh, was curious. <laughs> so, so when Thermalthus saw uh, Moses, uh, see now this is where me and Moses have a lot in common, said that when she saw Moses, he was so beautiful, she couldn't resist him. <laughs> and that, uh, uh, the fact to say that the, the archangel Gabriel boxed his ear so he would start crying because his pouty little face, that she immediately fell in love with him and that uh, she couldn't resist uh, uh, taking him in. And said so that as when he grew a little bit, that she brought him before Pharaoh, and that uh, even Pharaoh was taken with him, and that uh, uh, Pharaoh went to embrace him and consider him one of the heirs. And then this part here is really interesting in this legend. Now I'm saying this is not uh, uh, not biblical, and this is not uh, uh, inspired, but according to Jewish legend, uh, that that Moses as a as a child uh, when Pharaoh placed the a crown on his head just to you know be cute you know well you know how you do with a baby that uh, Moses took the crown and dashed on the ground and stomped it and uh, Pharaoh's uh, men his his counselors uh, were were uh, had a sense of foreboding that this was a representation of him trampling on the crown when he become an adult and so they said they set up a test for him and said that if uh, they said a, a set of jewels and and one uh, section and they had hot coals in the other. They said if he reached for the jewels that uh, that would demonstrate that he was very wise and that uh, he was to be feared of trying to take over the kingdom and they would kill him. And if he reached for the coals that he said that he was too stupid to worry about. I mean that's more or less what they were saying. And so um, he uh, actually Moses started to reach for the uh, jewels and that uh, the angel Gabriel uh, moved his hand over and touched the hot coals and that it burnt his finger, and then when he put his finger in his mouth, it burnt his tongue, and that's what it created more or less his speech impediment. And again, this is just legend. This is not uh, this is not uh, inspired word uh, of God by no stretch of the imagination. Of course, we know that Moses was very intelligent. Uh, he wrote the first five books of the Bible, so we know that uh, he was no 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 idiot by no stretch of the imagination. They said he was. You know, the legend says he was so good looking that people would even turn around and stare. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, we and him have a, seem to have a lot in common, you know. <laughs> But uh, I'm just, of course, you know, all know I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just kidding about that. But um, that is just some legends uh, that surrounded uh, Moses. And, uh, and of course, you know, when we look at uh, this story here, and of course, we see here again, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful. Uh, they said that, um, oh, goodness, um, oh, what's his name? Not Matthew Henry, but... Um, Oh, my mind just went blank. Oh, um, uh, gosh, 
What is the matter with me tonight? I'm just right on the tip of my tongue. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, uh, it's the one a theologian. Uh, he tried to say that uh, uh, it was about the external, that the, what they saw was beautiful, uh, was the uh, internal, is what they saw. That there was something different they saw within him that they knew that they needed to uh, to take a look at. But that is driving me crazy, the name I'm trying to think of. Um, Let's see, a child was beautiful, they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. Now, um, here's a couple of things we need to look at, uh, I think I feel is important uh, in this passage. First of all, uh, the, the, the choice of the parents, Moses' parents, uh, to have that kind of faith in God. And, um, you know, there is... Um, uh, uh, they realize there may be even consequences to their action. There may be, be short-term suffering, if you will, uh, but they knew that they were they was looking more towards the long-term goals. They were looking towards the eternal. And sometimes as Christians, uh, there may be that short-term suffering uh, in order to follow God's word, uh, to order to follow Jesus Christ. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday. Some of you know I've been making these uh, wooden flags and selling them on the side just to make a little, little extra money here and there and uh, try to save towards uh, Christmas. Having uh, uh, one adult son and uh, a daughter at 17, it's, uh, you know, used to we go to the Dollar Tree and we could buy them toys and they were happy. In fact, they play with the box. We got off lucky. Now they get older, they got more and more expensive taste. But anyway, um, so I took that over to this uh, woman. She owns a restaurant here in town. And uh, somehow she got talking about... Um, uh, politics and uh, how uh, uh, she's from Indonesia. She's talking about how she's keep believing they would take uh, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris seriously, and and just I can't understand how anybody would want socialism. And one thing she was discussing, she said that uh, she knows what it's like uh, to live in a country as socialist. She knows. She said as a Christian. She suffered and was persecuted because she uh, loved the Lord and because she had a Bible. And, and you know, and so she escaped that in 2005 to come here. And it just uh, that blew my mind. It really did. You know, I mean, you read stories. You read stuff like Voice of the Martyrs and things like that. But to actually talk to someone face-to-face -face who was dealing with those kind of consequences because of their faith in Jesus Christ, uh, you know, it, it should give you a whole new appreciation for what we have here in this country. It should give you an appreciation for our freedoms and our liberties that these people wish to take away. I mean, you understand that, don't you? I mean, I hope that you understand. I don't care, you know, uh, you know somebody, uh, like I said, uh, people, they get upset sometimes we discuss politics. But as a pastor, we have a responsibility to point out things that could be detrimental to us as Christians or to the things that are contrary to the Word of God. And I hope that you understand that a vote for some people unscrupulous as these two uh, is a vote in the wrong direction. I'm not telling you who to vote for, all right? But I think it's pretty doggone clear. But um, so it, it, whatever happens, again, of course, I've said before, God is sovereign. He's in control. And if we have to suffer for the sake of Christ, we have to look at the eternal, not at the sufferings that could possibly happen. And they is very, very could be very real, uh, my friends, at the possibility uh, of um, uh, of a short or short-term sufferings, if you will. Because remember, these these things that we deal with now are only temporary. All right, keep that in mind. And um, they um, 
Uh, of course, his parents, they chose to obey God. They chose to have faith that God's going to protect uh, this, uh, their, their son. You know, you look at, uh, uh, um, I don't know if it's me not, I apologize, uh, Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth. You know, here they uh, had faith. Here they were very old and had faith, and they had John the Baptist. Here they were very up in age and, and uh, had John the Baptist. And look at uh, what he was able to accomplish. You know, they had that choice. Uh, you know, you never know the ramification of your choices and how it may affect future events. Uh, just look at Mary. Uh, you know, here she was, uh, uh, you know, she could face scrutiny. She could have even been stoned to death for to dare to have had a child out of wedlock. Yet she had faith. Joseph was understanding you know, how God worked in everything and how God revealed things to both Joseph and Mary to bring about Jesus Christ who took on the sins of the world, who showed us the way to eternal life. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have to have faith in Christ. You know, it may not always be completely clear. I mean, you look at even Moses' parents, and we look at here, they knew that if they had this son, the chances of him being found out and killed were astronomical. But yet they had faith that God was in control. You know, that's, that's why it's called faith, uh, is because it may not always be, uh, you know, completely clear uh, of what's going to happen. And so we have to have faith that God is going, is going to be in control and going to take care of all these different situations. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, uh, look at to Charles Spurgeon, and, and, and a lot of pastors probably wish they could uh, uh, have the kind of uh, faith and churches that Charles Spurgeon has said that, that, that thousands come to his church and one way they, they measured the amount of people who come is by, by the amount of people they turned away from his churches and um, and so a lot of pastors would like to like to be like that but then again you think about his father John Spurgeon had it not been for him and his faith there might not have been a Charles Spurgeon and so uh, you know we have to look at that you know I, I, when I was talking about earlier uh, about my dream I had and uh, and and on that piece of paper uh, was written First Corinthians nine sixteen. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And uh, you know, looking back uh, throughout my life, uh, it just seemed like no matter you know I told you I've had a lot of jobs, and uh, it seems like even though I really wasn't even trying to live for the Lord, I, I can remember everywhere I went there was some opportunity to invite somebody to church or talk to someone about about Jesus. And uh, I could see the Lord's hand on me. I didn't see it as evident at the time, but I could see it uh, looking back. And, um, and when the Lord called me to the ministry, uh, it, uh, you know, when I, like I was talking about how people would pray, you know, some pastors pray, they'd be like Charles Spurgeon. Well, I was constantly praying, Lord, help me be like my dad. Help me be like my dad because, uh, you know, he's, uh, I think so much of my dad and his ministry and what he's done and his abilities and things like that. And the Lord revealed to me one day, you know, because uh, I just felt like every time I got up for a preach, I was just such a nervous wreck. And I felt like everybody was trying to compare me to him. And, and it just, it was just difficult. I mean, it was just so hard. Every time I looked out there, I just felt like everybody was just like, you know, if I and the Lord just revealed to me, I didn't call you to be Vic Young. We've got a Vic Young. I've called you to be Matt Young. Uh, you depend on me, not on your own abilities, but on me alone. I mean, just as clear as if God talked. I mean, just I mean, He did talk to me, but I mean, just almost as audible. And that's when things began to really change for me in my ministry. Is that uh, I had to come to the understanding. 
I'm not my dad. As much as I look up to him, as much as I would love to be like him, I'm not him. And uh, God called me to be me, to be Matt Young, and to, and to be completely, utterly, and totally dependent upon him. And when I go to study, when I go to preach, that's all I can do. I put in the time, I put in the effort to uh, to to study, read God's word, uh, read the books, do you know, whatever it takes uh, to prepare for that teaching or that message, that that, that preaching, and uh, and then I rely totally in dependence upon God. And it happened overnight. It took time. It took uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, course of maybe several years you know I, you know and i'm still learning and i'm still growing but that's just it though god has, has called me to be me you know that's why i played that song at the very beginning is i'm just a nobody trying to tell you about somebody and uh you know and in the in the course of that song it talks about uh you know uh i'm not worthy i'm not uh you know why would he call me and I don't understand sometimes. Uh, like I said, there's people a whole lot smarter, a whole lot more articulate. Look at Moses. You know, here he had a, a had a stutter, and when God called him, uh, you know, he he said, you know, hey, I can't even talk. You know, and he said, hey, I'll send Aaron to talk for you. You know, <laughs> just you know, no excuses. You know, my grandfather always says, excuses are made to serve the ones who make them, and um, so you know, I think that's just it. I think God just wants to call those. Who are willing to be used, and that, and that's, and and I know that that's all I want to do is be you. I just want to be a tool in in God's toolbox, and I would just want to be humble before Him and be used in any way that I can. Have faith in God alone, faith to know that I can't do this. I can't preach without God's help. I can't have the ability uh, to preach God's word without uh, uh, without without having that total dependence upon Him. And the point is the same with you. For those who are watching this evening. Realize God wants you just the way you are. He's not calling you. You know, it's so easy to sit and compare yourself to other people and say, boy, I wish I was the spiritual giant this person is or that person is. I'll never be as good a, a, at uh, Scripture as this guy is or this woman is. Or, you know, it's easy to compare yourself. You know, you think, well, gosh, I've messed up and I've done this and I've done that and I'm just worthless and low. Well, guess what? Look at all the worthless and low people God has used throughout the, uh, throughout the Bible. God just wants you to be you and be humble enough to be used for His glory. He just wants you to be the best you can be and just be and have faith that God can use you. So every day, just pray. Give that over to God. Don't worry about comparing yourself to a Charles Spurgeon or a Billy Graham. You just be the best you can be, warts and all, mistakes and all, and God can use you in a mighty way, just as God used uh, Mo, uh, Moses' parents, or uh, John the Baptist's parents, or even Jesus' earthly mother Mary. I mean, you know, you see these things uh, and, and how God used these people. And that's what I've told you this before. I love about God's Word is the fact that uh, it don't just glorify uh, these individuals. It shows their shortcomings and it shows their mistakes over and over. All right? And so that's why um, uh, I think that, that uh, God, put, you know, I know that's why God puts that in there so that we can relate to these people who have uh, messed up as well, made the bad choices. But now we get to read here about those who made the right choices, the good choices to trust in God. And if you want to make the right choices, the good choices, you have to trust in God each and every day. That's why it is called faith. You know, we have to have prudence. We have to have common sense. But at the same time, we sometimes have to take uh, that, that leap of faith into the unknown, if you will, uh, to trust in God 
if and do what he is leading us to do. And uh, so, and if you don't know what that is, I've said before, you need to pray about that. Pray for discernment. Pray for that leading of the Spirit. But uh, uh, we also look here and said that, uh, so let me get back over here. Um, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, uh, you got to think. Here Moses uh, he grew up in Pharaoh's court. I mean, he had the best of the clothes, the best of shoes, the best of education. I mean, he had it all, man. I'm telling you, I mean, you talk about growing up in a kingdom, man. Could you imagine? I mean, you, he probably had everything he's beck and call. I say people looked at him uh, for decisions and, uh, uh, you know, uh, in fact, you know, it kind of makes you think, I don't know how many of y'all saw that, uh, that animated movie about Moses. You know, it kind of gave a somewhat of a demonstration of, uh, of the wealth that he was able to enjoy. Well, uh, he um, gave all that up, all right? He gave all that up in order to, uh, to follow after God. He gave up earthly glory for God's glory, just as Jesus Christ gave up heavenly glory to come in, to this earth and to show us the way to salvation. And, um, you know, but one way that Moses sealed the deal, if you will, <laughs> that rhymed, I'm a poet and don't know it. <laughs> anyway, uh, of course, you know, he saw uh, one of the uh, Israelites being mistreated by the, one of the Egyptians and he killed him. And he covered him up in sand and didn't think nobody saw him. And the worst, the next day, he's like trying to break up a fight. And they said, what are you going to do? You kill us like you did an Egyptian? And oh, boy, that kind of freaked him out. He took off flight. He off running. And he went to Median. And uh, this thing, you know, it wasn't until he was about 40 years old. He had to mature enough to, uh, uh, to really uh, uh, do what the Lord wanted to do. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But anyway, um, you know, he gave all that up. And uh, so we see here in verse 24, by faith Moses, when he's grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All right. And choosing earlier to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he was um, in Pharaoh's court and uh, he got tired of the uh, superficial things of, uh, of, of the wealth or, or, or how people viewed. And uh, you've you got to think how his adoptive mother, uh, if you will, uh, was probably just felt this sense of rejection when he gave all that up to be with these sweaty, lowly slaves as they considered them. And to, to give up, you know, you sure, you're, you know, people were talking and said, what? And did you hear what Moses did? This guy's an idiot. He, did you hear what he, he was, uh, what he gave everything up to, to, you know, to deal with these, uh, these Israelites out here, these slave dwellers. And, um, but, uh, he gave all that up because he was looking at the things of God, uh, and not the things of what the earth, what, what earthly glory could give him. And I think that's a lot of problem with a lot of people were too concerned with what, uh, with earthly riches instead of looking towards heavenly riches. And we need to be careful about that. We need to make sure that we're, we're trusting in God's promises and what he's willing to, to do for us and give us. So, um. Again, of course, we know that uh, Moses went to, to Median, and, uh, of course, God spoke to him through the fiery bush and, and uh, uh, had to uh, go stand before Pharaoh. And I say Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, 
was uh, wasn't too happy with him, you know, because here he embraced him, considered him an heir, and then here Moses was just like, you know, uh, just gave it all up. So I say that's probably why there was even more animosity between him and Moses when Moses said, hey, you need to come and let my people go. I say that's probably why there was so much even more animosity because he was just like, you know what, here I brought you into my home and you disrespect me. <laughs> kind of makes you think of the Godfather. You disrespect me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, uh, and so that's probably why he was uh, wondering why he was so uh, so upset with him. Um, let's see here. Uh, verse 26, He considered the reproach, reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So again, we see this that um, uh, uh, not only was he giving up the things of uh glory and of the of the earthly kingdom he was looking towards the things of god and he was looking towards god's future blessings and uh, uh things that are greater uh than what the, what what the world was willing to give him and uh see so here trying to think here um i apologize there's something i'm trying to think of um to hit on here just real quick um hold on here so you got to think, all right. So here he's, um, of course, you understand this, you know how the story goes, which is not just a story. This is reality. This really happened, and uh, the plagues and all the things that had to happen in order to get Pharaoh's attention to uh, to allow uh, the Israelites go. And you know you got to think too that I think it was, let's see here it was, it was in Exodus. Um, uh, let's see here, uh, two fourteen through twenty two. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 12, 12 through uh, 48, uh, where he had to make arrangements for the very first Passover. You know, talking about the unleavened bread, uh, talking about uh, the Passover lamb. Uh, he had to sacrifice uh, the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost uh, so that uh, the, the angel of death would, would go on by. So he had to, here he had to do that, but uh, he made sure that it was observed annually uh, for, for all eternity, if you will, uh, forever. Uh, because, um, in other words, to ensure uh, that understanding of that promise that God had given them. And, uh, of course, you know, we don't uh, do that today, but we do observe uh, the, uh, like, like when we do uh, communion. Uh, Dad has the cedar plate, and he goes over what, what those represent as far as how the Jewish uh, people would see that on the day of Passover. So we kind of, in in to an extent, uh, still observe that. But what the main thing is, we're looking at the promises that God had given them. But, you know, these could have been easy for Moses. You know, uh, you know, here he uh, gave up, uh, like I said, uh, the, the kingdom, uh, what he's able to do. And so now he's able to take these people uh, into the desert. But, you know, that's what we read here. Let's see here. Let me go back here. Um, By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. He endured a seeing him who is invisible. Um well, let me go ahead and see. I want to skip that just real quick. I'm going to come back to that. Give me just one second. I'm going to come back to that. But by faith, I'm going to look at verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Now, you know, here, you got to think. I mean, you know, I don't know. I want to see a picture of the Red Sea. I'm not seeing it physically, but I can only imagine this vast amount of water and obviously it had to be pretty deep or you know to drown pharaoh's people and uh, uh, the land was dry i mean they didn't get so much to get like they're walking in mud or like guess showing god's glory but okay here's the thing i'm getting at here he he left 
these things that uh, you know he could have stayed there and, and uh, lived in a luxurious life uh, there in in Egypt under Pharaoh. But here he's God told him to lead these people, and these people wasn't fun to deal with. They were always grumbling. They were always complaining. In fact, he got to the point where Moses lost his temper as when he struck the rock, and that's what kept him from going to the promised land. And um, as a pastor, you know, he sometimes is not always dealing uh, easy dealing with uh, with God's people. You know, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to do. Uh, Dad said it's like running the world's biggest kindergarten. <laughs> So it is. Uh, it's not easy to do, and so I'm sure there was a lot of times that Moses thought, "Man, what? You know, what is going on? Why am I even doing this? You know?" And uh, you know, here they're in the wilderness for 40 years, and uh, but he he kept his he he understood God's promises. He understood what he had to do. Now, uh, going back uh, over here to um, uh, let's see here, uh, verse 27. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, understand, uh, this is recognizing that where, you know, only did he have faith, but the source of his faith, which is God. This is why we see this here, as, uh, the seeing him who is, who is invisible. All right. In other words, referring to God. He understood those things, and he understood the source of his faith, which is God. And so uh, it, it says here that he was not afraid of the anger of the king. He was not, you know, uh, if you look in, um, uh, let's see here, I keep remember, it's in Exodus, uh, I can't remember the chapter and verse, but he, um, I'm trying to think, I thought I had it down here, but maybe I didn't. Um, it says that he, he fled in fear. Uh, originally, but uh, see, it's not that it's a contradiction uh, in God's word by no stretch of imagination, but it's that the writer of Hebrews was seeing something more deeper uh, in God's word that it wasn't uh, the fear that Moses had, but it's just a healthy re uh, an understanding. Uh, you know, he when he originally ran, uh, uh, he could have acted impulsively at that moment in time. Maybe he could have uh, tried to attack Pharaoh at that point in time. Maybe he could have tried to do a, a rise up with people at that point in time. But, you know, sometimes it takes greater courage, uh, greater understanding uh, to say, no, I need to wait, reevaluate, and then proceed. You know, it kind of makes me think, I don't know how many people have seen Braveheart, uh, you know, uh, when he's just, a, when his family's killed and uh, his uncle comes and uh, he's he's looking at that sword, you know, and his uncle could tell he's thinking how he wants to take revenge. And he took that sword from him. He said, before you learn to use this, you're going to learn to use this. And so when he was uh, preparing him mentally, emotionally, and then he started teaching him how to use the sword, then he knew how to, to lead men into battle and to uh, do these things. So that's one reason why, you know, Moses left for a period of time. Maybe God was preparing him. Well, I know maybe. Maybe God was preparing him and letting him get getting a little bit seasoned, if you will, before he was able to use him uh, in the capacity uh, that he did. And so that's why he was able to have even that strong faith in God, those things that are invisible. He's able to have that strong faith in God uh, to, to bring about God's good work. And so, you know, sometimes as Christians, we have to be careful not to act impulsively, but to act with, uh, uh, well, as God's Word says, to, to be as, 
wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Sometimes it takes that time and ability uh, to really spend that time in prayer and seek out God's leading in the direction he wants us to go in and, uh, and how to use us properly. And that takes more courage to step back than to act impulsively. And like I say, it's, it's, it's something I have to really work on personally myself because when I see these things on the news and I see these things that are going on, I have a knee-jerk, impulsive reaction <laughs> to want to do things that may not necessarily be glorifying to the Lord because I get mad and I get angry, as many of you do, at the, at the things that are going on in this country. But we have to keep the faith. We have to keep pushing forward. We have to start to keep that, that mind of Christ and to do what is right in his eyes. It's not always uh, easy to do. Now, um, there's uh, something here I was wanting to hit on here. Uh, Moses' choice to obey God by faith, and he carefully considered, all right, that's why I was going back to, uh, we look in uh, Acts 7.23, Stephen referring to Moses that he was at the age of 40, that's where I'm getting that number at, uh, at his age, and uh, in those, those critical choices that we all have to make in our lives, just those same critical choices that Moses had to make. Uh, in fact, one illustration that I read I was talking about Francis Schaefer, and Edith Schaefer was referring to, of course, she, she called him Fran, and said that when he wanted to go to Bible college, his parents didn't want him to go. They wasn't believers, and they didn't want him to go. Now, it could have been easy for him to say, well, I don't want to go against my parents and never have went, but he, at 19, went on to, uh, to Bible college, and he went on to not only lead thousands uh, to Christ and encourage Christians uh, all around the world, uh, but that his own parents got saved. And so if he had not had that faith in God and to, uh, and to pursue what God had led him to do, these things may have never come about. And so that's why we have to carefully consider what God is leading us to do. It may not always be popular. It may, it may cost us friends. It may cost us our family. It may cost a, a, a high price that we may, never, may not even uh, considered. But we have to uh, do as God leads us to do. Just like this, this woman I was talking to yesterday who had to endure great persecution uh, because of her faith in Jesus Christ. Just like I was telling you about uh, in that magazine article from 2004 from Voice of the Martyrs, the Chinese woman who's trying to distribute Bibles and how they beat her to a pulp. I mean, killed her. They beat her, literally beat her to death, ripped out her hair, beat her to death because she dared distribute Bibles. Can you have that kind of faith? You need to ask yourself, can I have that faith that Moses had that, uh, that to, to do as God maybe seemed like impossible? You know, I'm sure there was times to Moses it seemed impossible. To seem like God is leading you to do the impossible. Do you have that faith? Do you have that faith to trust in God, to, to, to quit your job if God led you to, uh, to do something for the ministry or whatever it may be? I'm not saying that's the case. Uh, you know, I don't want people out there quitting their jobs. So, well, Matt said, uh, I need to have enough faith to quit my job. And, well, no, if you get your lights turned off and your family goes hungry, that's on you. That's silly. But if God is truly leading you in a direction, is my point, uh, to, you need to have that faith and trust in him uh, to do what is right uh, in God's eyes. And it's not always easy to do. It really isn't. It's, it can be scary. It can be really tough uh, to, to follow. But um, that's what we need to consider uh, as Christians. Uh, you know, do I have enough faith to stand up against those who would oppose me? Do I have enough faith 
to stand in the face of those who could uh, kill me, beat me up, persecute me. Uh, if these rioters were to come to your home and say, we're going to beat you to a pulp if you, uh, unless you renounce Jesus Christ right now. Can you have enough faith to do that? Can you have enough faith to stand there in a mob of people and say, I will not deny. I will not deny my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, that, uh, and don't think that is out of the realm of possibilities. They've already talked about how these looters or rioters are going into suburban areas and uh, causing destruction. It can very easily happen. So I encourage you tonight, my friends, to have that faith that can only come from God. To trust in Him in the most difficult of times. Trust in God. It's not easy. It can be scary. It can be tough. It can be difficult. But uh, as we see in Moses here, uh, we see uh, uh, the great faith that he had and how God used him in such a mighty way and how we see throughout history how God has used such great men and women. Uh, let us have that faith. Uh, you know, uh, I hope I haven't uh, bored you uh, with my illustrations and my stories. And I know that I've talked about this dream many times uh, as I have um, been in, in, involved in ministry. But uh, like I said, for whatever reason, it's been on my mind a lot uh, here lately. And uh, I hope and pray uh, that I will always have the faith to trust in God and do what is right in His eyes and to stand in the face of anyone who would oppose that. As long as there's breath in my body, I will preach the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. I will stand behind that pulpit and I will preach Jesus. And I don't care what the world says, what society says. You know, the other day I gave my daughter a Bible. <clears throat> And I uh, put in there, no matter what culture or society may say, you always trust in what God says. You always keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Christian brothers and sisters, that is my encouragement for you this evening. No matter what culture or society may ever say, you keep your eyes on God. Do not be swayed by every wind of doctrine. Stand boldly. We must be as bold as lions. Let's stand boldly. In the name of Christ, let's quit uh, playing footsie with the world, quit compromising with sin, quit making justifications for sin. Let us abhor sin, let us hate sin, let us stand for what is right and true in the eyes of Christ. We're all going to have to stand and give an account. And I hope that you can stand there and give an account that you have proved yourself worthy and that you've proven that you have great faith in God. And so uh, uh, if you feel like you are lacking as we all may be, we need to make sure we spend that time in prayer that God will increase our faith exponentially, that we'll have the strength and ability to trust in God no matter the circumstances, no matter what happens, and, uh, and know that God's going to bring us through on the other side. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day, this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help us, Lord, to have that enduring faith, to make the good choices, the right choices. Let us serve you well in all things, in all areas. Help us, Lord Jesus, stand boldly in your name. And Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day, a great week. 
Remember to keep your eyes on Christ. If you do that, you'll keep your paths straight. Thanks for watching. God bless.